What's going on, everybody? I hope you all are doing well. This is J.M. Banks, Urban Alchemy Podcast. Got another great episode for you all today. Got a very special guest in the building today. Marcus McLaughlin, attorney at law from McLaughlin Law Offices. How you doing today, brother? Doing pretty good. That's right. I invited this brother in to talk to us about a few things. You know, we don't get that many black lawyers in this podcast, so we got to utilize our resources. So thank you so much for dropping by. No problem. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Got a bunch to talk to you about. Uh, one of the things that made my ears perk up when I saw your resume was family law. Uh, and that's one of the big things that uh, we have going on in our culture in regards to child support, divorces, uh, well, uh, just black people not getting married altogether. Uh, but they, like I said, thank you for joining me today. We were just chatting it up for I don't even know how long before we hit the record button just so we can get a rapport going. And I'm so super glad it was so super easy to, to be able to talk to you like that, brother. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, now you see why I got a podcast. <laughs> I just enjoy good conversation. But thank you so much for taking time out your busy day to come to speak to us today. How long have you been doing law for? Oh, gosh. Um, dating myself. 14 years. <laughs> okay. So 14 years isn't that long ago uh, now that I'm getting older. Yeah. The older I get, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just 14 years ago. Yeah. It's just a decade ago or so. Exactly. Yeah. That's crazy. But uh, what made you get into law initially? Um, Well, actually, um, I actually have an art degree, an undergrad in fine arts. um, But once I got into leadership roles in my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, um, I met a lot of leaders who were in the legal field mm-hmm. and they kind of just um, convinced me to just take a look at law school and some of the skills that I had. And it may, you know, some of the skills may overlap into the law profession. Right. And so once I jumped into it and I found myself three years later, graduated from law school, it literally happened that fast. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't mention this before. This is a bra in the building. We got Alpha Greatness sitting sitting here in the studio today. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys know this. I utilize my resources quite a bit, and you know, it's just no it's no coincidence that a lot of the great individuals I get to sit down and speak to are alphas. Uh, we just we just thrive in greatness. Uh, this uh, you know, I can't even remember how I came across you. To be honest, I think I may have liked one of your pages, possibly. And I was just like, hmm, let me look look more into this brother and attorney law. And I was like, oh, he's a brother. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah, I, I just like definitely want to get this brother on, get his take on a few things. So uh, before you were telling me how just business has picked up due to COVID, COVID yeah. and how things have kind of shifted from irregular. Yes. Um, before my practice was somewhat 50-50, um, 50% when I say traffic slash criminal. So I do... I, ton of traffic tickets, um, DUIs, and that also inked into some, you know, drug possession, right. simple and major. So weed possession, heroin possession, whatever, I got you. <laughs> and then the other 50% was family law. So that's divorce, child custody, paternity actions, um, anything that has to do with family law, I can probably do it. Right. Oh, that's dope. Uh, So you've been doing that for that long. Uh, What is the I mean, do you see any kind of mainstays in the black community when it comes to doing family law as opposed to other 
racial uh, groups? I mean, or do you specifically cater to the black community in terms of your work? No, I don't cater to anyone in particular. Right. Um, most of my clientele are black folk. Um, just, I mean, probably just by my networking circle and some of the things I do for leisure as far as just going out, hanging out, two-stepping or whatever. Um, I somewhat, a lot of my clientele is just the places I just happen to be. Okay. So word so, of mouth. Exactly. And when I'm out. Business cards on you. Yeah, I just have business cards. But when, the one thing, the one rule that I have is if I'm out and about, if I'm at the juke house, if I'm at soiree, any spot, I don't, I'm not going to tell you what I do unless you ask. Because to me, I get business by just being my normal self. Mm-hmm. And you just seeing how I operate just as a normal dude. Right. And so if you like how I move, then, you know, I'll give you my car and be like, this is how I am and this is how I operate. Right. So do you feel like there is a stigma around lawyers, like kind of ambulance chaser type vibes? Like, There's a lot of lawyer jokes that's out there. Uh, do you think you guys get a bad rap in regards to, you know, my guys, not you guys might not be doing it for the right reasons or just purely about money or opportunistic I think personally, the lawyer jokes are funny. Um, <laughs> lawyers are, are somewhat like doctors. There's the whole gamut. So there are people who are, you know, social justice warriors and you have people who are scammers who just want the money. So, I mean, there's the whole range. I've seen all of them. And so I don't get offended by any of the jokes. Yeah, because there is so many lawyer jokes out there and some of them are kind of like really mean, like kind of like hate speech. If you were like if these jokes were against any other group of people, you'd be like, that's a hate speech joke you just told, like about burying people up to their necks and using a lawnmower. Yeah, I mean, but dealing with judges, dealing with other attorneys, dealing with clients. I mean, I deal with guys who slaying heroin, weed, dealing with some of my most complicated clients are people in the midst of divorce. That thickens my skin. So to me, it's funny. There's not a whole lot you can say that offends me. Right. Uh, I can only imagine because, man, divorces, I, I, I've heard they got ugly. You know, I've, I've known a few people who gone through divorces. It's never a, a pleasant thing to go through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, do you have crazy stories with like divorces where it just went over the top? Like, I would think a lot of them don't have to be as messy as they are. They are. Most but, of them are. Yeah, I'm mean, going to say there's so much emotion tied up into that act that I can imagine there's a lot of pettiness that goes into it or a lot of uh, malice. It is. Um, one of the things that a lot of people come into my office and the first thing they'll say is, oh, well, I have an uncontested amicable divorce. And I'm like, OK, that's what you, <laughs> that's what you say sure. now. And then, of course, the papers are filed. The next thing you know, they're cursing each other out. They're calling me every five seconds about most just petty stuff, which is okay because, I mean, I've been in relationships. Most and most people, when you're going through the hardest, t- you know, as far as relationships, especially when you involve kids, there's going to be some hurt feelings. So, yeah. me as the attorney, I'm not in. in I'm not going to judge you because I understand you're going to say some things you don't mean. The other party's going to say some things they don't mean. My job is, is to be the middleman, the professional, right. I mean, do you see people getting overly petty, bringing kids into it? Uh, I mean, how much of it is just stuff that could be avoided? Most of it could be avoided. Um, but just marriage, the whole concept of marriage, just and I'm not married. I feel like sometimes I feel like a, a marriage expert without being married. But I feel the same exact way. Right. 
But the whole concept of marriage is interesting because is a let's say let's take it as a man. You're seeing a person and you're telling the whole world that I'm gonna forego every other person that I see because I love this woman so forever. Much. Forever. And it's the same with a woman. Till it's, death. She sees this man and she's like, I'm just gonna look past him. all these other potential mates for you. And so when you make this strong commitment, it's really, really deep. So to annul that commitment, to break that commitment up, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of actions that normally you probably wouldn't do. Yeah. A lot of emotions. A lot of emotions. Ah, man, it's crazy how many divorces I've seen over. And it's it's crazy because me and my ex-girlfriend, we had a relationship for nine years, over nine years without being married. Oh, wow. And we saw so many divorces in our course of a relationship. It was ridiculous. And it's crazy because whenever these people get engaged, she'd look at me and be like, oh, such and such just got engaged. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know, a year and a half later, I'd be like, oh, such and such just got divorced. You know, and it's so crazy how a lot of a lot of people will sit there and look at your situation and be like, oh, aren't you married? And be like, you about to be divorced exactly. pretty soon. <laughs> and it's crazy. Do you know the divorce rate right off your head? I remember. Uh, I think it now, I think it's hovering at 60. I think it was 50. Okay. But I think now, I don't think it's higher than 60, though. That's still not good odds. It's not. Um, I'm not anti-marriage, though, which... A lot of it surprises a lot of my friends just seeing what I see. Because you've held off from marriage. Well, yeah, because it's one of those things where if you get married, just make sure it's something you want to do, not just before that time period, but this is forever. Right. And when you get married, it can't just be because we're in love and the, the funny feeling he or she gives me. You have to make sure you're compatible when you have kids, because a lot of times Disagreements how to, how you raise kids can break up a marriage. Mm. Disagreements about culture, religion can break up a marriage. True. The number one reason that I see is money. So he doesn't make enough, or she doesn't make enough, or he spends too much. Yeah, because I mean, you got to think. A lot of these people who get married, they meet in their you know mid early mid twenties. Yeah. And financially, you know, I was. Most people are similar in their early twenties. No matter if you're college or whatever you're very similar financially but once you get your late 20s 30s that's when it separates on who's on the hustle game and who's not right and a lot of times in marriages within the confines of the marriage you see who's on the hustle game or not so one party you know they're going forward for their education they their job they're made you know they're on the ups, uptick of their professional career and if the other person's not holding their weight that could be a lot of stress on a marriage. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of what happened in my last relationship. She was worked for a company uh, for t- ten plus years. Good company, uh, number one beef distributor in the country. And it was just one of those jobs where you start off middle school, but end up building up. And okay. it's just like me with my college education, spent all these years trying to get a degree, and then spending more years in the work field. It's just like she came up. <laughs> on this incredible job and she was able to do these incredible things and it's just like didn't you go to college nigga <laughs> and I was just like ah okay but yeah it, it's, it's it's a huge divide especially if it, it's, that's not the initial dynamics of the relationship exactly you know uh, but yeah I can definitely see how that can turn a relationship sideways uh, but yeah do you, do you feel that you find your clientele more female male female really female 100% 
not they're not 100% female, <laughs> but I would say let's let's just talk about family law. It's probably 70 30. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I find and all these are just these are just my what I've seen. Right. So if someone sees it different, that's fine. But when women are ready to leave a situation, they don't BS around. They will take whatever steps, whatever financial steps to leave that situation. So when a man is kind of tired of his marriage, he'll, you know, he'll linger. He'll linger. He'll go in a basement and just stay in a basement and watch sports. He'll talk shit. Yeah, exactly. But when a woman, when she gets to that point, when a woman's fed up. Exactly. And so when a woman, especially, I would say late 30s, early 40s is that time period. So when that when that time comes and she's ready and she's looking at this dude and like, this is not working. She's already got this money stashed away. She's Mm -hmm. she's out. She's out. And they make that decision and it's it's done. Yeah. I I definitely agree with that, man. It's it's it was women what men don't understand about women if you haven't been in a long term relationship is it's like iceberg. Mm-hmm. What you see is just the tip. Like the the ninety percent is below the surface. Like they've been thinking about this. Mm-hmm. They've been planning. They've been adjusting their lives steadily. And then by the time you know, it's just like, oh, this is so sudden. It's been a three month process for old girl. Exactly. Or a six month process or two years. Like women are planners. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I definitely now that you say that I can see your women client our clientele being majority women uh, a lot more clearly because they have been planning this. They probably been meeting with you prior to, you know, the guy even realizing there's a there's an issue or or he's about to get left. And there's a financial component. Um. Anytime, any, of course, law isn't cheap. It's not lawyers. We're not cheap. Right. Um, it's accessible, but not cheap. And so I use the analogy that, you know, I'm kind of like a car repairman. And if you can fix your alternator or your brakes or it's something like that, you can try. Yeah. You can try. You end up driving off the road because your brakes don't work or your transmission blow up. But you can try. And I tell folks all the time, if you want to try to be on divorce, I don't care. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. It's a lot of trust to try to do your own divorce because it's it's pretty much going off the mind frame that both sides are going to act uh, fair, fairly. It is. Yeah, and I just I wouldn't expect a woman I'm I'm leaving to be like, all right, I'm just gonna uh, cut everything down the middle and just uh, leave it at that. You know, my ex probably if we were married, yeah. I could see her being cool about that because she doesn't have shit to worry about. Yeah, but other women, I could see being petty. I could see being vindictive. I could see being, you know, I'm going to cut this nigga's legs off yeah. every chance I get. And it's it's one of those where um, I think I see both sides because um, yeah. there's bad players on both sides that I've seen in my many years doing this. Uh, I was actually a child support attorney uh, for the state for seven years. Mm. And so doing child support, um, I've seen bad players on both sides. I've seen the quote unquote woman, the scoring woman who's just going after the guy for child support, that. I've also seen a lot of just good hearted women who get with dudes and he just doesn't pay. And I and you know, I was the bad guy, I have to admit. And so, you know, before they would go to jail, I'm like, look, you made a child. That's your response that's your eighteen year the eighteen year responsibility for that child. So supposed to be supposed to be. So this is free advice, friendly advice, men, 
be careful because if you have a child, that's an 18 year commitment, a monetary commitment, 18 years out of your check. True. Remember that. Very true. That's why I've managed to uh, avoid that. <laughs> my brother has seven kids. My, my second oldest brother has seven kids. So he's broke. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, it's so funny because he had these seven kids. He's on child support for the first three baby mamas. Okay. And he, he just recently became a sheriff's deputy. Uh, and, and what, just backstory of my brother of the, we all grew up in the hood, mm-hmm. but of all of us niggas who grew up in the hood, he was the most hood nigga ish of everybody, like legitimately in these streets. Mm-hmm. So when I tell you, he turned to law enforcement as a legitimate means to cover finances for these child supports and and he's doing it now like that shit is crazy that's a crazy motivator to be like <laughs> I need to do something with my life that's going to pay me X amount of dollars and my qualifications just need to be I'm a physically fit male but he's trying though like I, I commend oh definitely a lot, that, of, a lot of dudes just like I'm not going to work well and I you know just doing child support as long as I did you know I know the different professions that's easy to hide I'm not trying to give away the game, but um, let's give it away. You know, car repairment. So you know, yeah. you do you you fix cars on the side. Um, probably the number one is barbers. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. So how did you say that? Like, I three pop three barbers just popped him. <laughs> <laughs> my oldest brother just popped in my head. God rest his soul. But yeah, he did. He definitely did his under the barber, under the table of barber work, and that got around the IRS for years. But it, you're right. You're definitely right. Well, and, and not against barbers. My stepdad's barber, love him to death. That's um, a traditional black trait, right there. Like yeah, a hustle. Yeah, like, I get. You know, one of my barbers, uh, he was in my he was in my child support docket, and you know. You know, went to him. He was like, oh, yeah, he was cool. I'm like, oh, that's good to know. Good cool. to know. So I was cool. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's not a joke out here. People are getting sent to prison for child support. Like, mm-hmm. it's real. Yep. And I find a lot of times these dudes are changing their tunes when it comes to their baby mamas. Like, don't put me on child support, please. But a lot of times I feel like you do need to put that dude on child support. My mama didn't put my father on child support. She definitely should have. Yeah. Because that Negro was just not around at all so if we could have got anything from him well i think in our community i think one of the things that i think our expectations of what a father is and should be sometimes Mm -hmm. is is unfortunately a little low very lax and you know i get a lot of my friends where they're like well i'm not gonna put him on child support because he's around and he does you know what he needs to do with a father i'm like what does he do well he picks him up and takes him to school and he i'm like uh what you're supposed to do. Right. Uh, <laughs> Chris Rock said, you want a cookie? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, but I, I've been around child support. I've seen a lot of different cases. So, you know. Gosh, that's, that's you know, one facet of this podcast, maybe it's a bit over ambitious with my goals, but I'm, I'm trying to really save the black community, at least here in Kansas City. That's an ambitious goal. I like that. It's a very ambitious goal and I'm using my resources to do what I can, you know. But, that's one of the main things we need to focus on in this black community is number one, don't make babies you can't afford to take care of. Number two, don't pick a partner that it, you know is going to be a horrible, toxic relationship. Because yeah. that 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 horrible marriages and horrible uh, child rearing just can be cut off completely if we just make better decisions at the club. Exactly. And I, I just don't understand what the hell it is about our community that continues to put women in these situations where it's like you. You had a man. And I, I have had situations where women who who were genuinely tricked 
Mm-hmm. They thought they had a legit good guy, and he turns out to be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Other cases, you have men, uh, just like my brother's ex-wife. Like you knew this man had two other babies' mamas that the relationship wasn't great with. Yeah, I mean, prime example, future. Future, don't get at me on this, but, but if he's listening, the man has what seven. Kids by seven different several. We can say several. He has a lot of baby mamas. Let's Half say, let's, a dozen. Yeah, least. right. But after, you would think after the third, maybe somebody see that and be like, okay, maybe he's not the best candidate for the father of my child. Mm-hmm. But now, no, no, no. Next one, next one. You got Sierra thrown in there. He did something. She named her baby Future. Not his government name. She named him Future. Her, her child. So. From what I've seen, just in the court, when you get the, when we drag the guys in there, you get a lot of slick, fast talking dudes that just can pull them, mm-hmm. and the woman afterwards is just left. So yeah, but it's buyer beware. I mean, yeah, you, oh yeah, uh, that falls back on the woman. Like, I'm sorry, you got to do your research. Like, at the end of the day, this guy is probably not doing this for the first time with you. Exactly. He, he's probably got his name out here in these streets, and you can just do a little bit of research. Check a few Facebook posts. I mean, it, it's just crazy how how I feel bad for women because sometimes they do get screwed with dudes, and it's just like looking back, you know, in high school they wasn't checking for the for the for the kid who's you know trying to trying to be good to them exactly, and it's unfortunate because it kind of does make you kind of uh, I won't say complicit, but it makes you very uh, apathetic. To a sense, like you had a choice, but you chose the one who was was, was in these streets. I had uh, we were just talking about this on the podcast about the girl uh, we had crushes on our high school. Okay, and I recently had seen the girl I had a the hugest high school crush on on the Facebook people you may know. She got five kids, uh, three baby daddies, not with any of them, mm-hmm. and it's just like, yo, I would have probably married you fresh out of high school. <laughs> Like, that's how infatuated I was with this chick. And it's just like, yo, you are out here. And uh, it's just sad because this this girl was just like prime real estate back in the day. Yeah. And I'm from, you know, I'm from Wyandotte County. So mm, the dot. I am from the dot. So Frank Rush and Rosedale Middle School. And then I went to Sumner Academy. But Sumner. Great, great school. Um, that's the Lincoln Prep of Kansas, for those who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a conversation for oh okay me. okay <laughs> <laughs> no but um just being there for so long you know Rosedale Middle School just I mean I'm a dot boy through and through right. so yeah you know I'm a Sumner you know getting good grades but I was just like out there with everybody else you know if yeah, there was right a party if there was a party down on Quindaro and the girls was there I was there if Wyandot was playing Schlegel, that's where the cute girl was going to be. I just heard gunshots. That would, that would not surprise me. I think I just got stabbed. <laughs> but I was there. So I always tell people my perspective when it comes to family law and what I see comes from that perspective where I've seen it all. Nah. So when people come in my office, the one thing is don't try to sell me on anything because mm. I've seen it all. Okay. You know, like... Don't come into my office if you're a man or a woman and you're like, he's just crazy or she's crazy. And she, because if every sentence out of your mouth is blaming her and she's just so crazy, but y'all was married for 15 years. The accountability. And yeah, I'm like, I just take a step back mm-hmm. and I make a mental note 
like, okay, what is he about? Cause yeah. it, it takes two people to be crazy that kind of add that. Something yeah. happened. Something happened. There's a chemical reaction. And I, and I take note of that. So. You can't just tell me there was a fire. Like, where did the, was there an accelerant? Was there gasoline? Who lit the match? Yeah, because I mean, I, again, I try to put everything in perspective of my own life. Mm-hmm. That way I don't like to, I don't like anybody in my office to feel like I'm above them. So I always think of myself, okay, I've had, you know, a few long-term relationships. And I think back about the good and the bad. And most of, you know, I personally can say I was at fault for a lot of it. So sometimes you got to look at your past and just own it. That's true. And that, that just comes with age and maturity. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, like I said, I was in a nine-year relationship. After we broke up, I took a lot of time just to reevaluate my uh, part in the disillusion of that relationship. And a lot of men can't do that. A lot of men can't look at the situation and say, I was fucking up. Yeah. I was I was just on some bullshit at this point. And I think that's that's probably what happened with my brother. At one point, he, he had a, a come to Jesus moment where he's just like, I've been on bullshit. Mm-hmm. I need to do something different with my life. And he did. You know, when he told me he was going to join the police academy, I said, that's bullshit. You're <laughs> fucking lying like you do because you tell lies and whatever. And he became a sheriff's deputy. And I'm like, I could not be the, the uh, there cannot be a brother in this world who's proud of their brother. Yeah. You know, coming from this gang environment where you are heavily, uh, I won't say too much shit. Yeah. Where no, you were, no, no snitching. Yeah. <laughs> where you were there, you know, I was in the hood, but I wasn't involved in the hood. He was legitimately in there, in the mix. And he turned his life around. Thank God he never had a criminal record. Yeah. Uh, but he turned his life around and got involved in law enforcement. And that's just something I've never heard of from our community or from our family. He's the first law enforcement official in the history of our entire family. Yeah. So I was the first man of our family to go to college. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So when I tell you, like, you, you, you know where we are. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the, my neck of the woods down here. Like, uh, this is where we come from. So to have, you know, nobody told me about podcasting or broadcasting or, you know, trying to help the community in any capacity. You know, these are just things you either come across or you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, that's why I want to have you on, because in your own way, you are helping our community. You know, you are helping to minimize the the effects of these these family disputes. You know, you could just be an opportunistic lawyer. Who's just taking taking the black man's money and saying screw your your after effects of what happens with this divorce? And to me, that's I mean I have seen that in the legal community, but I'm sure I feel like my success has come from just being honest and real with my clients and let the chips fall where they may. So, like I said earlier, when I go out, I'm not advertising what I do. Yeah. I'm just as you can tell, I talk how I talk, mm. and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Um, so I don't advertise what I do. If you hear what I do and you think, okay, I like this guy, I'll give you my card and we can do business. But one of the things I tell folks when they come to my office is I'm a very, very honest lawyer. And if you feed me bullshit, I'm going to call you out on it. Mm -hmm. If I think that "Mm, I really don't agree with what you're doing, I'm going to call you. I'm going to let you know. But I tell you that from the beginning. So if you want someone to kiss your butt and to tell you you're great and everything's great, there's many lawyers to choose. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not the guy for you. But once I established that from the beginning, you know, everything I'm telling you is the honest 
and my opinion is what I think, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, if these things get pushed and I'm like the other side, they ain't about nothing, let's go to trial. You know, I really feel it right? because trials are expensive. Yeah. But I generally win all of my trials because I know that when we go to trial, I'm fairly confident that I'm going to win. So do most of the divorce or child dispute cases go to trial? No. Or do they settle out of case? They usually settle. Okay. But there are sometimes when no people- No percentage? Or just a rough estimates, would you say in your experience? I would say 80% we get settled. Settle out of court? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because trials are very expensive. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. But there are sometimes- How long do you think they run? As far as the- well, they can be generally because divorces. I... We're we, we're the number one thing I tell my clients. I, we're on the court schedule, mm-hmm. and so I tell you up front: don't get mad at me when the stuff gets pushed out. Because when they set the stuff on the schedule, I'm not going to run up in the judge's chamber and smack them around and say we need to get this thing set early. Have you tried it? I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> Never done it. So, I mean, if we're, I mean, it could take two years, you know, from start to finish, two <sighs> years. Divorce? Yeah, because the thing is, there's something called the discovery process where divorce uh, is an open book. And if you have stuff, there's things that make divorces expensive. So stuff, um, children, number one, um, retirement, homes, all that stuff. You mean like 401ks? All that. The more you have, the more expensive it's going to be. But there's a process where we have to, it's an open book. Why don't people get prenups? Nobody does. That's 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 a discussion for a different day. So you're in love with a woman, right? Right. What's the age that most people fall in love? Twenty five. How how many dudes? How much do you have when you was twenty five? Uh, about twenty five thousand dollars in debt. Right. And so most people, when most guys, I know I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't have crap when I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. So you're with this woman you love, right? You ain't got nothing. The one dis- the one discussion that potentially can blow this whole thing up is to talk about a prenup. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a prenup about assets that you may get in 15 years. So that's generally a conversation that nobody wants to have. Nobody wants to have, but, you know. <sighs> and there's some brothers out here and there's some sisters. Well, the, sis- the sisters out here are doing it. So shout out to my sisters. Of course. Y'all, y'all, black women, y'all doing it. So there's a lot of sisters who... They were born with it. They knew they they grew up in a society where it's like, if you're a strong black woman mm-hmm. who has has a career, protect your asset because that's what you work for. Well, yeah, and so a lot of my cases, the the woman is the one who's caring, who has more assets, and they're trying to protect their assets. So, do yeah. you see a lot of men trying to? Excuse me. Do you see a lot of men trying to seek seek spousal support? Um, I've had a few. I usually shut that down quick, though. Good. Yeah, that, that's. I'm not saying you shouldn't seek it as a man, but if I'm on the other side, it get shut down quick. I mean, if you don't need it, I can, I've definitely heard of women who don't need it getting it, but I, I just feel like as a man, and maybe this is just my uh, masculinity speaking, mm-hmm. standing on two feet. Like, stop being a bum. Like, uh, who is that? Mary J. Blige's husband mm-hmm. was trying to get millions out of her out of spousal support. And he, like, he got a decent amount. I don't know how much. I think it was it was a decent amount of money from her. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But it, it's just a matter of she didn't check those boxes and dot those eyes. And yeah. now she's paying out the ass. Uh, just like Jeff Bezos. He's paid. What was it five billion dollars? It was to a his, lot of money. Yeah, that was for infidelity. Yeah, I mean, well, if I marry Oprah, I'm going out. I'm getting some. Yeah, that would be one situation where she's going to come off of something. So, 
But yeah. that's just, I mean, yeah, if she did something wrong, I mean, no, no, Oprah's no. definitely. She, there's like, a few exceptions where if I'm with Oprah, she could do nothing. I'm, I'm getting something. You're gonna get something. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, buy Stedman Musa. I, I need something. I'm gonna need a dog. Yeah, so. <laughs> need one of these Pomeranians. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just crazy because you do hear a lot of uh, a lot more stories in the media about uh, men going after famous women. Uh, you do hear a couple stories. About, I think it was like LeBron James's baby mama who got like. Second, I definitely screenshotted this shit because uh, I just could not believe what was going on. Because I was like, "Hold on, she's needing what?" Second, I have to screenshot a lot of stuff. There we go. Uh, Dwayne Wade, yes, she received five million dollars in their divorce settlement, and now she is broke. Wow. Okay. And she was standing on the standing outside of the NBA uh, Miami Stadium with a sign saying, you know, LeBron James's baby's mother is is destitute. Dwayne Wade, yeah. Dwayne Wade's baby mother is well, destitute. Well, and and that's why I think he now has custody of his boys because the court looked at that and was like, "Look, what did you do with five million dollars?" Yeah. Um, yeah. As a woman, if when you get that money, the key is the court expects you. To take that and, and stretch it out a little mm. bit is because in Kansas and Missouri, the law looks at they don't call it alimony. Every state calls it something different. So they don't call it alimony. It's called maintenance. Same okay. thing, but they just call it maintenance. Um, one of the main <laughs> you were paying when you were in the relationship. <laughs> no, right? It was a maintenance fee. Uh, and one of the things that they look at is need. And it's some states don't look at need. But in Kansas, and Missouri is, you know, do you have education? Um, did you sacrifice during the marriage? All these different things goes towards if you're going to get money um, as far as maintenance after the marriage. Um, some states look at maintaining the same level, the same life. Lifestyle. The same lifestyle. Yeah. So if you married Jeff Bezos and you divorce him, <laughs> you're going to need $5 billion or whatever to maintain your lifestyle. Yeah. That reminds me of the old Chris Rock bit. Uh, you remember with that one? Which one was that? Uh, about that. If I'm paying five million dollars in alimony a year, uh, because you need to stay accustomed to the lifestyle you you you've grown accustomed to, I'm gonna need to become accustomed to blowjobs. I'm, I'm <laughs> accustomed to over the years. Yeah, I remember that. That's a crazy amount of money to be breaking off women for nothing. Like I can see certain situations where like a woman out of high school goes with like a ball player. Mm-hmm. So she's marrying him out of college, doesn't have any work experience, just as a housewife. And now he's leaving you. Yes, he should contribute something to your, you know, so you can find some sort of career. Yeah. I don't think he should be an ongoing paycheck for the rest of your life. No, I agree. Um, Situationally, I don't really deal with the, you know, the hundreds of thousands in maintenance Mm -hmm. divorces. I deal with just the everyday folks of just. I just don't want to be with the dude anymore or want to be representing Patrick Mahomes. No, probably not. Um, but Patrick, if you, if it doesn't work out, I'm here for you, brother. That's right. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I actually emailed him today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Trying to get him. If you're listening to any, anybody who knows Patrick Mahomes, he's emailed. It's in the inbox. Exactly. So also tech nine, <laughs> but one of the things that I found a lot of times in our community is, Folks don't get divorced. They just 
stop right. the relationship. Huh. So you let's, know. Say, let's, 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 let's just focus on that. Let's just dig a little deeper into that one real quick. That's interesting to me. Yeah. That they just ride it out. No, 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 no. When I say they just stop. So, all right. So you got, let's say, Clyde and and Jane. Clyde and Jane, right? They get together. They're married. Cloud and Jane pop out four kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're married for 15 years. At the 15th year, Clyde steps out a little bit. Jane's like, I can't take this. I'm getting the kids and we're moving. She moves. He's here. She's here. 15 years pass. They ain't divorced. Mm. He got a whole, he might have a whole other life. She got another man that she's been with for five years. A lot of times they go to attorneys and it might be someone like me where I'm like, well, you know, I'll keep the price low. This is what it is. And when I say low, dirt cheap, you got bills to pay, man. A lot of times they're like, I just can't, you know, if it's seven, eight hundred dollars, I mean, that's a lot for some people to break off. So she's like, I'm just going to ride this out. And people just stay married. Mm. And I've seen that so many times where to be unnamed, I divorced somebody. He was, man, how old was he? Seventy three. And his wife, I believe, was 65. And they hadn't lived together for, for a long time. Wow. Yeah, but I think it just got to the point where it was like, check off box in life. You know, you, you know, visit Africa, you know, buy a nice car, finally get divorced. They, they had to check it off. So. <laughs> Eventually. I mean, yeah. I, that's crazy. Because I, I thought you meant more in the, because I just had a conversation with a Hispanic friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And he hit me to something I had no clue about. And it's like, they will stay married. For decades. Mm -hmm. And it would be like a situation where the dad has a mistress with multiple kids, Mm -hmm. but she will not divorce him. And I was just like blown away by that because, you know, I guess traditionally in my experience, I wasn't just used to very many people getting married in the first place. Yeah. Let alone some shit like that popping off because he was telling me the story about his parents, like his dad cheated on his mom like three times, but they stayed married. Like even though she knew about it, she hated him. Mm -hmm. She still stayed with him. Like she still had a household with this dude. Like. Never got divorced. That's a tradition. They weren't more, like yeah. they weren't like in a relationship. They were still like in a household, but they weren't in a relationship. They just like raised their kids together. And I've seen that because that's a traditional. I'm from originally from North Carolina, mm-hmm. and so with that, you've seen folks who've been married forever. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandparents, I've never known them to ever stay in the same room together, ever, like ever, ever. But they were married. I, now that I think about it, I've never seen them embrace like, no, they just were kind of roommates, but that's it, it. It was what it was. Yeah. And so I think the new, our generation is not like that, no. especially the women. I've noticed guys, we can withstand a lot. I mean, we can build a man cave and just disappear. Even if we are not, a, if we're done relationship, we can disappear. Right. I'm from what I've noticed, women Again, when they're in their mid thirties, early forties, clock's ticking, and they're hot still. So a lot of these women, y'all still looking good. You still got your shape, and you look at your husband in the basement all day, all night playing video games and you know watching sports. You like nah, like I'm going to the club and I'm still getting hit on by folks in their twenties. You know what I'm saying? So the time is now. So a lot of my clients at that age range, they look at it, they like, look, the time is now. I got to move on with my life. So our generation, I think, is going away from that traditional ride it out until mm-hmm. I'm 70. This is this is what life is. I don't 
that's not what we're doing. Part of that is I think we we have a generation who saw the outcome mm-hmm. of that rationale. Uh, saw grandmamas who was just like, yeah, why does granddaddy have all these different grandkids that aren't your grandkids? And it's just like, well, that's a situation that, you know, and yeah, I definitely agree with you on that respect. Black women are are fed up. Mm-hmm. I think they're fed up. They're not they're not settling for those situations anymore. Exactly. They're saying, yo, if you didn't you didn't bring up your part of the deal like you promised in the in the beginning of the marriage, we out. And financially, they can like a lot of black women, black women are going to college at a much higher rate than black. Hell, I think black women are some of the highest educated people in the country, just Absolutely. flat, flat out. So, I mean, they have more options mm-hmm. um, just to live, you know, live their life. And that's why I think you're starting to see more black women branch out racially mm-hmm. with dating. Oh, yeah. And that's a, that's, a, ooh, that's a conversation for a different day. I mean, you would think in the past 20 years, they'd be more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But it just now is getting to a point where like a black woman can date a white man. It's like you're not getting called a race traitor. You're not getting yeah. called somebody who hates black men. Like women are like, I get it. Yeah, do what you got to do. And I'm right there with him. Like if you are choosing between an ain't shit nigga who is not doing anything with his life, who's fucked you over for the past five years mm-hmm. and Chad from work, who's a nice guy. Give Chad a shot. What the hell? You've been giving Rodney a shot. and He's been fucking you over for the past 10 years. Get, get, do something new. That's the definition of insanity is doing the same exact thing and expecting the different results. Exactly. Like if you if you drop from Rodney and then you go to Randy and it's the exact same thing because they have the exact same background, exact same blueprint. Uh, what do you expect to happen? Yeah. Like try something new. I'm all about everybody culturally, racially doing whatever's going to make you happy. I'm, I'm, I have a theory that a lot of these people who have shot up these these public places are just people who wanted to do certain things and they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's why I'm a huge advocate. Like, I'm like, not homophobic. You want to be gay? Be gay. Yeah. If that keeps you from shooting up a mall, do you. If you wanted to dress up like a, a mascot and go to a convention <laughs> with other mascot people, do you. Like, I'm not shaming nobody's bag anymore. Like, if that's what's going to keep that person from being a rational member of society, by all means, live your life, bro. Do you? I don't care. Yeah, I'm I'm very much the same way. I have a 16 year old and I always tell him, like, look, dude, no matter what, live in your truth. So no matter what that is, do that and just live in your truth. I might not agree with it, but I'm not you. Right. And I put that on everybody else. So even if I don't do that, I don't have to live your life. Yeah. And so, you know, when it comes to marriages and just relationships, I'm the same way where I'm like, I'm not in your household. So whatever you do, you know, I, no judgments here. None. Because um, I've seen, you know, the best relationships. I've had folks come in, you know, they stepped out. And that's not my my job is not to judge you for those actions. That just actually brings me to a really good question I came across. How does that affect your relationship life? coming in contact with these different divorces and just seeing all these relationships in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I would, I would imagine that have something like the uh, way a stripper looks at going out to a club to dance. Like, yeah, you probably be like, I look at this a whole different way to normal people. Nah, not really. Because I mean, when I take none of that into a relationship and be like, I'm thinking 10 years ahead to, you know, what type of client she could possibly be. Not really. Um, I separate, my life from my personal or my business. personal from business 
But again, the, the folks that come in, they're normal. The divorce rate is 60 percent. These are normal people. And so to me, they have normal people problems and relationships are normal people's problems. I think doing what I do for as long as I've, I've done it, it's actually helped me look back to some of the, the, my deeds and my past relationships and then opened up my eyes to like, huh, I was doing that. And yeah. I'm like, huh, I was doing that too. So it allows me to see some of the nonsense that I was engaged in mm-hmm. to help me to kind of not do that again. I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like that moment of honesty is what's lacking in a lot of men's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you just I came to that conclusion, like I said, when I came through my breakup and I started doing this podcast and taking it seriously and really started evaluating my life. And one of those things was, you know, what's the bullshit? Because the bullshit that was keeping me from being a good boyfriend was the same bullshit that was keeping me from being a good podcaster. OK. You know, just the distractions, uh, the excuses, you know, the 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 money that that should be going to important places that's going elsewhere you know and i feel like a lot of black men in our community are are scared to have those moments with themselves where they sit down and say these are my deficiencies well you don't have to though i think in our community a lot of times as brothers we don't have to because generally if you're halfway normal and you got a good job you can still get a woman yeah and sometimes you don't have to look internally at yourself at your at your deficiencies you know um I chose to um, just like I said, for what I see, you know, I I tell folks when they get married, the things that I see, I'm like, look, no matter how long you get married, you need to keep dating that woman. Like, don't stay in the basement. Don't watch all these sports. You, you need to go upstairs and say, damn, girl, you look good. Mm-hmm. Or damn, this food is good. Like we go, we going out. You know what I'm saying? Like date that woman, no matter how long you're married, no matter how many kids you got, because inevitably if your woman looks halfway decent with a halfway decent body, another man is going to do that. Right. So you want to be the man to jump out in front and tell her how good she looks. You know what I'm saying? So, and that's one of the things I've seen, um, you know, especially the work husband. Mm-hmm. Men, beware the work husband. <laughs> Always beware. <laughs> oh, definitely. I've been the work husband uh, in a few <laughs> cases. And it's like, yo, I would not want my wife talking to a guy like you talking to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it's just one of those situations where if she doesn't get it at home, she's going to get it somewhere else. She will. Especially, like, again, why these women in their 30s, their right. 40s, just because you've been staring at the same thing for the last, you know, since the 20s. A lot of men, it's new. Yeah. And your woman, you fresh. know, she, it's fresh. And she going, to, you know, she going up in the workplace with the summer dress on and the heels. Another man's going to see that and he's going to want that. Yeah. And, and he's going to do whatever he need to do to get it. So. You know, Valentine's Day rolls around. You buy that little, you know, the little funky rose, the mm-hmm. little, you know, little high V rose. The work husband, he might try to undercut you and buy her, uh, what is that, two dozen, 24 roses, not one, 24. Mm-hmm. You know, how you think that's going to make her feel? Yeah. You know? It really makes her reevaluate you. And she's going to put that 24 roses on display. She's going to put it out. Right, she's going to take a picture, post mm-hmm. it on Facebook, oh, Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let you know that's not for my, my, my guy I'm in a relationship with. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a tough job. I mean, I definitely agree. Men cannot stop being hungry. Yeah, like just because you you've been with this woman, you've been fed. Don't don't stop starving. Like that same intensity you pursued her with, you got to carry on. And ladies, don't slag either. You know, uh, that's gonna be a harder harder because the woman who do slag, they feel com- they get too comfortable. Like the men, they know their spot is 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 uh, finite. Mm-hmm. 
it, another man could pop up in any instance because most more than likely they were the other man who popped up. Yeah. But women, they think they're good. They they don't understand like maybe you could have, you know, cooked more. Yeah. Maybe you could have tried to wear some lingerie. Maybe you could have, you know, not had sex for three months. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, it goes both ways. Definitely. But I feel like it's harder with women. And I'm not to admit you're wrong. Like, yeah. I got to correct some shit. And I'm not going to jump in there too much because I ain't trying to get jumped on because sometimes I can put my foot in my mouth. So I'm going to stop on that. Oh, I welcome it from women. They have <laughs> criticized this podcast over and over again. But when I invite them to come on, they yeah. don't come on. They don't want to get put on the record saying anything. Might get caught up five years ago as not feminine, pro-feminist. Yeah. Or five years ago, that's too feminist. And I, I get it. You don't want to. You don't want to. 2020 is a scary time. To put your put your put your thoughts on record, mm-hmm. you know, because anytime they can dip dip into that, you know, when whenever what you're saying isn't isn't politically correct, but in the same respect, don't don't critique shit if you're not willing to give input. It's, I feel you. That makes sense. And women love to critique shit, mm-hmm. like this podcast when we talked about WAP. I don't know if you're familiar with WAP, what WAP stands for. I'm very familiar. I was unfamiliar. How was that possible? Because th- this goddamn podcast okay. it takes up so much of my life. Okay, I have no time. Like I gotta, I gotta, I, I got a interview every day until Wednesday. Oh wow. Okay. And then I got one day to do my actual episode for the show, and then I gotta edit all these interviews. So I have no time for like actual pop culture. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know WAP. I don't know what WAP stand for. Mm-hmm. I thought it stand for whack ass penis. That was my first inclination. Like, really? You're talking about people yeah. who are slinging dick that's whack. Okay. I didn't know it stand for what it actually stood for. And I heard the song for the first time on my Facebook community page and did a reaction video. Because I thought maybe it'd be, it'd be good content. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have my opinions on it. Um, women did not appreciate it. Because they thought my feelings about, hey, this might not be good content to be putting out where children can hear it because I'm older now. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate the dynamics of, of this is going to affect the younger generation. They're going to be the ones who listen to this and pick it up and accumulate that into their daily uh, acclamations. And people got mad about me saying that. Like, this is not suitable. Like, chill, I, a friend of mine, actually, uh, last week told me he got his daughter singing it. <laughs> and I was just like, I told you, I told you all the kids is going to pick this shit up. It, I know it's an acronym, but they're going to figure out what that means. It's I, in the song. Yeah. I mean, I feel you. I mean, I, the way I grew up on 90s hip hop. So my thing is the kids will be all right. Because growing up, I remember Lil' Kim came out with hardcore N.W.A., uh, Foxy Brown. I would say the, the majority of those weren't hit singles, though. Those were like cuts on the, tracks. Yeah, but the, again, I'm from Wanda County. The, the young folk, they knew everything. I knew all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was I was brought up on Messy Marvin and Matt Dre. Yeah. I, I, too short. Well, speaking of too short, um, I still remember I made a mistake and I had a too short. This I'm dating myself. I had a too short tape. And <laughs> the actual I, tape, I had the actual tape. Oh, and Too Short had the song back around 89 90 called Cuss Words. Uh-huh. Um, Cuss Words, let them roll. And I made the mistake of leaving in my dad's car. And the next time I got in the car, I was like, Oh, you've you seen a tape? It wasn't in the track, was it? 
I think I don't. It was not in the actual. Oh, but I think he was curious, so Nightmare. he put it in, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, I threw that out the window." I was like, "Oh, word!" And I couldn't even say because now when I listen to it, I'm like, "Yeah, I would have thrown that out the window too." Because now I'm like thinking, like, what if my mom got into a car and I forgot to take a two short CD out? Like her just turned on the car and him, bitch. Mm, yeah, but no, the kids they'll be alright. They'll be alright with WAP. It is. They'll be alright. They're going to be our okay. I, I think back to uh, Missy Elliott mm-hmm. uh, when she had the work it song. You know, the 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 course was in it was backwards, mm-hmm. and the, the the course was it's yours if you keep the pussy wet. But she flipped that shit backwards, like it was in and nobody knew what she was talking about unless you did the research. Yeah, because she knew. Kids was going to be saying this shit in school. Like, it's just not until I'm older and realize the responsibility she took as an artist to take that. And the track works way better with the with that that verse flipped because it, it adds a, a layer of mystique to it. Uh, yeah. There ain't no there ain't no entendres to what there ain't no uh, mysticism. It's, it's straight up. My vagina's wet. I want a man to put a penis in it. I mean, my biggest problem with the song isn't necessarily the content. It's just, it's kind of boring. Like the, the beats, I the beat, they don't switch up the beat enough. So my, I can't sing that song. I'm not going to be bumping it. Well, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't bump. That'd be weird for me to bump. There's some Nicki Minaj songs I bump. Yeah, I don't bump Nicki Minaj. There's some Lil' much. Kim songs I bump. Yeah. But it's like certain songs like about women anatomy is like, I can't bump this. Like, I'm not trying to attract this feel like it's specifically for women. And I understand the, I mean, I understand the premise because there's a premise of like when I hear a song, I'm like, what is this song made for? Like, I think right. nowadays they make songs for certain things. Who's this for? And to me, that is specifically a club song. It's a strip club song. Right. It's, they didn't make it for me. They didn't make it for my old ass. Mm. So to me, I'm like, what is the audience? But see, I would think a song about what vagina mm-hmm. would be targeted towards men. Yeah, but not old. We don't now. I mean, I'm not discriminating towards dry vagina. Yeah. But I, I think everybody can appreciate a moist vagina. But that song is just goddamn raunchy. It's just like no kind of like back in the day when we came up, it was like, uh, how freaky can you get without actually being freaky? Mm-hmm. Like how many double entendres, how many uh, innuendos can you put in a song? Like uh, Lil' Kim talk about swallowing a Coke can. Uh, it's just like she didn't specifically say she can deep throat. Oh yeah, look. But you got the imagery, and that got put on the radio. And it's just like it, it wasn't even thinly veiled, but it was veiled. Yeah. And that still layered uh, layered it with a certain degree of respectability, if that sounds uh, sane at all. No, I feel you. I just think once I hit, I was listening to one song, and I think. When styles look weird, when the styles that people wear officially look weird to me, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, damn, Marcus, you are officially kind of it's like an older dude. And at that point, I was like, I can listen to music, I can critique it, but it ain't for me. Right. So when I go places and I see people wearing stuff, especially dudes, and I'm like, what the hell? They're like, what? What is, you know, it's just weird. But again, that's when I'm like, oh, it's not for me. No right. It's just, it's. I remember when I was younger, I wore, you know, I wore the overalls with one strap down. That was a style. I remember British Knights. I remember, man, um, 
<laughs> See, my generation was like tall tees and bagging pants. Baggy, and Air Force Ones. I, I hate to admit it one day, but I remember when I was at KU, I wore a bandana out because everybody was wearing bandanas. And I had the bandana that matched. I forgot what it meant. It was ridiculous. But, it, you know. That's one of those things I'm so thankful for Alpha. Because it wasn't until Alpha where I got roasted for the shit I was I was walking <laughs> around in. And one of one of the bros, rest in peace, Brandon McDowell, bro, bro who lost his life to a carjacking. He was the first brother to really sit me down and be like, yo, you have a right to wear whatever you like. That's mm-hmm. your right as an American. But people are gonna judge you based on how you how you dress, based on uh subconscious inclinations. Yeah. So if you dress what they think a criminal looks like, they're going to treat you like a criminal. Yeah. And that was the first person in my life to ever break it down in that respect. Because up until then, I was like, fuck you. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. You know, like, I'm going to do what I do. This is how I was brought up. I'm proud of it. Yeah. You know, that was the first person to break it down to me. Like, yo, people are looking at you like this is the the uniform for the, the American thug who, mm-hmm. who commits crimes every day. So if people see you and think you're you're one of those American thugs who's going to commit crimes, don't blame them. And it comes with age. Um, I think. Absolutely. And I contribute him to a lot of my of what I what I wear now and how I conduct myself now. Like I'm a hood nigga yeah. at heart. But I know that's going to cast me in a certain light. So in order to avoid those stereotypes, I have to kind of shift my personality based on who I'm talking to. Yeah. And I think when I started law school, that's when my fashion choices changed a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, I stopped. (laughs) I wore earring, I think my junior year in high school until I started law school. Yeah. Was it stud or a hoop? I, I rock both. Uh, Bargain City Bazaar. You could get like the the fake gold or Gen the X. Man, I was rocking. A, I was rocking a fat diamond earring okay. that was like cubic nine ninety nine all day every day. Um, but style changed. You know, got older. Um, and I think kids, it's like, well, wow, they, they're gonna get older. There's gonna be fashion changes, and they're gonna look back and. In twenty years, they're gonna complain about what kids are doing twenty years from now. Right, but they're gonna have a twenty year old kid. Yeah, because they knew their vagina was wet and they wanted to use it for something. That's my thing. It's like I didn't learn about vaginal secretions Mm -hmm. until I was like 17. Yeah. Now you got uh, 12 year olds, 11 year olds just like, oh, yeah. okay, so that's why it gets wet. That's what you're supposed to use it for. Yeah. And it's like, it's the, the have you seen Netflix, the the, the cuties? I refuse. I can't. That's, I watched 30 minutes of it I and I turned that shit off because I felt like the FBI was going to kick my goddamn door yeah, down I can't for do that. viewing child porn. Yeah. Like that movie is off the chain for what they, like it's 2020 and we thought it'd be a great idea to release a movie about little girls twerking. It's just the shots. It's like, just like you said about the music, who is this made for? Mm-hmm. I was like, who the fuck is this made for? Is this this is it obviously isn't for little girls. This obviously isn't for parents. This could only be made for pedophiles. <laughs> like the shots in this movie was just like, why are you showing me a close-up of this girl grinding the floor? This 11-year-old girl grinding the floor sexually. And I'm just like, the fuck is this? Yeah, I I just remember when I go back and I think, you know, eighth grade, or was it ninth, ninth grade when R. Kelly came out with Tupac mm. Play. 
don't get it twisted. The girls in my class, they knew every lyric of 12 play. Mm-hmm. Some of them probably doing stuff before I was, but whatever. With R. Kelly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of those jokes I crack and people be like, that's not a good joke. You should crack. I'm sorry. You, you allowed R. Kelly to be a predator for 20 years. He made some dope music, and I think we just looked the other way because he made dope music. That, that's actually what we were just talking about on my last show about yeah. like because I just had my co-host finally watch the Finding Neverland or Leaving Neverland. I can't do that documentary. I, I can't. I don't believe it. Michael Jackson made Thriller. He and I can't watch it. That's what we were talking about. Like I if, can't. If, if irrefutable proof because we both don't believe that documentary. Yeah, we both that believe that's just bullshit. And if irrefutable proof does pop up that Michael Jackson molested kids, it will be such a hard thing for black people to reconcile giving up his catalog. I can't. Because like Tory Lane shooting a woman in the foot, I can give up Tory Lane's. I didn't even know. I didn't. I couldn't have named one Tory Lane song. So that was fine. Oh, that, that goes back to a, another comment I made on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, trouble because uh, somebody was talking about how oh people are talking about uh, Cardi B getting the divorce and, and the WAP song being a punchline and it's just like obviously WAP doesn't de- uh, WAP isn't a defense against infidelity or uh, men shooting you mm-hmm. and that got me in a lot of trouble too <laughs> but it's just like okay we have these two beautiful successful talented mm-hmm. black women one of which just got cheated on three times mm-hmm. and allegedly there's a baby uh, love baby popped up so she's about to get divorced another woman who got shot by her black male counterpart which by the way gives hope for me for short guys cause I mean I'm not 5'3 but <laughs> that was a huge height difference so I'm like okay so maybe I can't find me a 6 foot woman that's why I didn't ask any questions I was like Tori Lane's with his ass whooped if you try to find Megan Thee Stallion. She's a huge woman. She is built like a beautiful, brick, but she's brick a house. huge woman. Yes. That's what the, the the statement brick house means. Like yeah. that is Megan Thee Stallion. Like she's sturdy. Yeah. Like you won't topple her over. Like she got a low center of gravity and she would fuck Tory Lane's Canadian ass up. But men, man, come on. Like, like we're idiots. So men have always cheated on the most beautiful, successful women. I mean, hell, Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. To say, uh, what was B- uh, Halle Berry? Halle Berry. Every man cheated on... She's crazy. But every man has cheated <laughs> on Halle Berry. Um, I can go... Eric Benet. Eric... Yeah. Uh, his sensitive ass cheated, cheated on, on her. A lot. Um, <laughs> you can go down the line with every beautiful woman and there's going to be an idiot dude who always cheats. But I feel like in regards to like Jay-Z cheated once mm-hmm. and then you didn't hear no more about that. Made, he got the warning shot. She made a platinum album off of that. She made they both they both made platinum yeah. albums off that. Yeah, that's that's how you know that's a whole different caliber of relationship. Yeah, they say, yo, we got a problem. We're gonna make money off of this. I'm gonna make four four four. You gonna make lemonade, and we are gonna get through it. Yeah, because all, all, all I would get is some slit tires. I ain't I ain't getting <laughs> nothing platinum. I was about to say all, all I would have got was kicked out the house. Exactly. Uh, fuck Becky with the good hair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he he you don't hear nothing about JC anymore. He heard, he he learned his lesson. You get one left hook by Solange in the elevator, and you don't do it anymore. Uh, no, I was about to say Future, but uh, who's that boy from Migos? Uh, Which one? Uh, Offset. 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 Yeah, he did three times. Yeah, to, once before they got married, and they still got married. Mm-hmm. Once while they were married. She was going to get divorced, didn't get divorced. And now she, he got a kid on the way. It's just like, at but, what point do you stop the fuckery? But, okay. If you showed me a dude and you was like, there's offset from Amigos mm-hmm. before he got married. And you were like, will he be faithful to any woman oh. he marries? The answer would be no. no. Like, I don't know anything about Quavo. I know nothing about the man. Quavo, you could be a cool ass dude, right? Mm-hmm. 
But if he got married, I think he's dating Sweetie. Well, I know so much about hip hop. I just, I do, right? Yeah. If they get married and he cheats on her, I will not be shocked. And then takeoff just sucks. So we're not going to talk about him. Yeah, that was one of the legal problems, right? I don't know. He just sucks. He can't rap. But he, I mean, everybody, all these situations are these young, successful, rich black men from the hood. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine if you would have took me at 22, gave me millions of dollars mm-hmm. and set me out in the world, I would have been all, all kind of fuckery. Added, added thing. They're in Atlanta. Mm. So if I was in Atlanta right now and I'm straight, I could have one leg with a oh hump in my, my back. God. But if I'm straight, I'm still pulling them because I'm in Atlanta. Women. Oh, my God. I've heard so many female friends who have moved to Atlanta. For some reason, that's the spot to go for people from KC. But I've heard like the men selection down there between the men who are in prison, mm-hmm. the men who are gay and then the men who are just saying shit. It's like all it's like open country out there. It's like hunting uh, fish in a barrel. Like you just shooting fish in a barrel out there because there's so many eligible black women and it's a shortage of good black men. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, sisters keep moving to Atlanta. I don't, I don't know a whole lot of brother. We don't really. Move. Nah, Bro- I know a few brothers got a stereotype for Atlanta. It's like, I ain't got nothing to do down there. Yeah. So nothing for me down there. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot of brothers moving down there. Bro. I got a gay brother who moved to Atlanta. Even he said that there was too much gay shit down there for him. <laughs> And I will tell you, he's like, nah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. Way too much. And I was just like, yo, if you're telling me that, I couldn't imagine me down there. Yeah. But, you know, you watch Love and Hip Hop, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and you get a whole different feel. <laughs> like every man got his own business down there. Every man. Uh, I mean, but that's the image they portray. Mm-hmm. And I think that reality TV is a lot uh, fucks women up out, out here in real life. A lot too. He's like, oh, I'm not going to brunch. I'm not getting taken to these uh, exotic resorts. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it does kind of cast uh, unrealistic light on relationships. But yeah, that just goes back into it, man. Uh, hopefully, if you're a woman and you're listening to this, you're not marrying a man for uh, the fairy tale, the image. You know, this is a long journey you're going to be on it's going to be a lot of boring points it's going to be a lot of points where you guys got to have uncomfortable conversations it's going to be a lot of points where you guys are disagreeing uh and it's not going to be a fairy tale but it's just all about being responsible being adults uh i mean what 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 advice can you offer for our listeners out there who may be struggling with with the marriage right now don't give up don't don't give up. Don't don't give up. Because I know that sounds crazy that I just want you to keep coming into my office and just give me the money. Yes, <laughs> I do appreciate money as much as the next. Right. But don't give up on your marriage just because it's not living up to what you think it should be right now. You know, it's just like anything, just like if you you know, if you're a man, you got a dad bod. Mm. Work on that. If you're a woman and your hips getting a little bit too big, work on that. Marriage is the same thing. Work on it. You have to look at it. What are some of the problems? You know, is it time? Is it money? Um, is it sexual? You know, there's things you can do to work on that. Don't just. And I know a lot of people laugh about the sexual part, but no, like if there's issues, no, we'll talk. if there's issues, talk to that man and let you let him know what you need. You know, mm-hmm. um, whether it's more kink 
more, you know, just doing things, you know, being more sporadic, like in the kitchen or whatever. Tell that man what he needs to do. Because again, as a guy, we know that if she's not getting it right there, she's going to walk out. And so men, we appreciate you being honest. It might be a hit to our ego at first. It Mm -hmm. will. It will. But if he's a stand up dude, he'll take that. And he will seriously work on whatever he needs to do to make you happy. Absolutely. Yeah. That was one of the big drawbacks of my last relationship. I can honestly say at a point I was feeling not sexually attractive. Mm-hmm. I, I was feeling like there was a point where I was like not trying to have sex with my girlfriend because I just didn't feel like, you know, I was wanted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in her head that came to he's fucking somebody else. <laughs> Like, he's definitely getting somewhere else, you know, and it's just this whole, you know, as black men, we're trained not to be vulnerable. We're not to uh, express our inner feelings about Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, so I just choked that shit up and was just like, you know, I ain't going to talk about, you know, how I'm not feeling, you know, it's woman stuff. Yeah. You know, and and that's a detriment to your relationship. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up because that 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 is a huge part of it. You know, you might not want to make. Uh, the time to to have those uh, internal moments with yourself to say, hey, you know, maybe the sex game isn't isn't where it needs to be right now. Talk to the woman. Ask her. Like well, romance. I, romance. I, I found romance. Yeah. Uh, dates. You know, just doing spontaneous shit. That's something that we we kind of check out on. Tell your woman how you feel about it. Like detail, detail, detail. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, and this is just again, I'm not a marriage relationship therapist, but sometimes I feel like it. Should be. Yeah. Tell your woman. How about we start a show where people just call in and ask you questions. <laughs> I know, right? Tell your woman exactly how you feel about her. It could be the most minute detail. If she gets her hair done, damn it, tell her. Like, I, because you know, you, you can tell when a woman gets her hair done. Tell her, damn, I, I really love your hair. Okay, that's a trip question. Sometimes my girl, would get, <laughs> my ex would get two inches cut off her hair and be like, do you see anything different? I'd be like, just tell her. Here's the thing. Be you, cognizant. Be cognizant and be like, damn, babe, you, you got a little wild with that. Just don't do any, you know, just kind of jokey joke. Ha ha, yeah, don't. smell different. You know. Something, you know, I, just effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely found that in my old age. Just a little bit of effort. Mm-hmm. Just tell your girl, like, man, I will bend you over that counter right now. Mm-hmm. Just even if they don't want to do that right now. Just mm-hmm. them in their head knowing that, oh, he's still attracted to me. Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. Reaffirmations of women's uh, self-esteem. Men, do this. Thank me later. When you're <laughs> taking your lady out to a random restaurant and y'all out around all these folks, bend over. I mean, not bend. <laughs> whisper in your woman's ear the most nasty thing that you want to do to her right now mm. and just keep eating your steak. Real talk right there. I'm talking. Be creative. Don't. I might play this part like, twice. Don't, don't say anything that just sounds like... Be creative. Tell tell her exactly what Honest. you want to do. So, I mean, if you want to take that steak and just put it on whatever and eat it off, say it. Mm-hmm. And then just keep doing But don't don't make a big deal about it. She's going to be like, what? 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 And she's going to be thinking about that the whole night. Exactly. So just be, you know, be, be spontaneous. Right. You just know. think outside the box. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's hard for me because I really didn't have too many relationships to go off of mm-hmm. in my upbringing. So a lot of shit I learned, I, I learned on the fly. Uh, but yeah, going into my le- next relationship, I definitely know these these basic things that black men should know. Uh, but unfortunately, we are learning from uh, 
firsthand experience in a lot of cases, yeah. which is myself. So hopefully this podcast has given you all, I mean, shit, just sitting down for the past one hour and 10 minutes with this gentleman over that, you know, pre-recording. Uh, he's given me a lot of insight in regards to relationships and on the other side of marriage, you know, for, for that, for that aspect as well. I hope you folks have been listening. I hope you folks have been soaking it in and getting this knowledge this man has been bringing to the table. Man, this is this is what I started this podcast for, man. Yeah. This is the information people need to hear. Because we don't really come in contact. I, I can only speak from a hood niggas from Kansas City. We don't come in contact with, with too much uh, information that's thrown our way like this mm-hmm. in this regards to this subject. Because we don't really see very many marriages. So we don't very, we don't see very many marriages in. You know, we think we get married, we're doing something special. Exactly. But that's only half the battle. Oh, my God. So thank you so much for coming in for us. Do you have any uh, last words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah. If you need anything to talk to me about, if you have any questions, uh, just any questions about anything um, as far as divorce, child support, custody, any of that stuff, um, I can be reached at 913-281-7707. So hit me up. I'm always in my office. Yeah. And we will definitely have the link for his Facebook fan page in the episode details, as well as any kind of website, email address. You might want to reach out to this man. We really want to make sure we are promoting our leaders in Kansas City. And this is one of them right here. Uh, He is Urban Alchemy, Urban Alchemy podcast certified right now because he is legit. When I just sat down here for my hour, I have gotten so much information from him. So if you sit down with him for any kind of professional uh, information, you will definitely get the bang for your buck you need. So this man, uh, Marks McLaughlin, McLaughlin Law Firm, uh, Family Traffic Law, he's out here doing it all. Please check this man out on social media. We need to make sure we are doing everything we can to support our black brothers and sisters who have businesses out there. Uh, I mean, if you buy black and you need a lawyer, this is the fella for you. I'm here for you. Absolutely. Uh, once again, JM Banks, Urban Alchemy Podcast. Thank you all so much. It's not lost on me whatsoever for all the support I'm getting right now, especially in this past couple of weeks since we, uh, past couple of months since we relaunched. It's just been tremendous. So I do appreciate everybody out there. You need to contact me directly. You can reach out to me on the Facebook fan page or Urban Alchemy Podcast at gmail.com, or you can reach out to me directly on my own Facebook or or on my own personal email, jm.banks816 at gmail.com. Anyways, that's our show for the for the afternoon. I really thank all of you for joining us. Thank you, Marcus, for, for coming by to talk with us. And we really look forward to these interviews we got lined up in the future. Please stay tuned. Uh, we are doing big things with this podcast. So uh, right here in Kansas City, uh, best and brightest. J.M. Banks, Urban Alchemy Podcast, joined with Marks McLaughlin, McLaughlin Law Firm. Stay blessed, folks. the ground. I want to slap some wings on your dreams. You won't worry about a thing. Long as we're here, no need to be scared. Let me lift you right up in the air now. Let me be 
You're anti-gravity. You're anti-gravity. Don't, don't, don't. Tired of walking around feeling blue, blue. Always sad songs singing. Don't you wanna choose a different tune? Well, come up here with me. I'm sure you'll love the view. There'll be no more problems. It's time for something new. And they say the higher you climb, the harder you fall. If you don't climb the ground still hard What if falling never mattered at all Because you'd catch you And you won't chatter with rock bottom no more You can use this moment to soar Higher than ever before If you'd let you lift you up When you're down When your feelings touch the ground I want to slap some wings on your dreams You won't worry about a thing Long as we're here, no need to be scared You can lift yourself up in the air Now you should be You're anti-gravity You're anti-gravity Don't, don't, yeah You're anti-gravity I just wanna lift you up. I just wanna lift you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know sometimes your life gets hard. You've been hurt, you got some scars. But understand those scars aren't all that make you. Cause hindsight, not 2020 at all. You can look back and still be wrong. Yeah, yeah. It's all perspective, and you should be grateful. I'm saying, I, 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 Just one.